Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. And at some point during the weekend, uh, Luke and some of the guys had Chad and some friends down at, at like a local pub and bar and that type of thing, and they're just hanging out and uh, just having some friend time, and Chad, um, he had an opportunity, well, actually, he had a word of knowledge for this lady, the waitress there, and uh, he kind of freaked her out a little bit, and that's always fun, right, and he, he said, hey, do you have back pain, and she was like, well, yes, I do, and uh, she said, as a matter of fact, I, I fell a couple years ago, I injured my back, and it's just never been the same, I'm in constant pain uh, all the time. And he said, man, well, can, can I pray for you? And, you know, of course, I wasn't there, but, you know, Luke was telling me that her eyes just went like, like, wow, right here, what is going on? You know, just kind of, kind of freaked out by that. They, her and her husband, they actually ran and uh, they operate a, a food truck. And her husband's from the Philippines. And, and so they were there and uh, selling food. And so... Uh, Chad prayed for her, and she she was just like totally taken back because she had because she had no pain after that. She's like, "Wow, what's going on? No pain." But but here's here's what's fun about it. This weekend it was, I think Thursday night. Luke and I were at a place in uh, the Frederick area, and it just so happened that her and her husband were there with their food truck. And so Luke recognized her, and, and I said to her, so that's been like a couple weeks later, yeah. Luke recognized her, and so I, I said to her, I said, hey, if a couple weeks ago, you were in Boulder, we were having a conference, we're just, we just love God, we're just crazy that way, and uh, we, we saw you, and my friend prayed for you, do you remember that? She's like, yeah, I do, and I said, well, I, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but he would, tell me about that, what's going on, and how's your back, and she's like, it's, I'm pain-free ever since. I'm like, 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 no problem. And then here's what was really encouraging about it to, to me, and it was just kind of a cool testimony to our church family here. And she said, you know what really struck me about that time is, she said, I, I fellowship in another community here in town. But she said, I, I've never been around believers that are first so loving, but second, just so bold in their faith. When they're just about their day in the city, and they're just so willing to love and be bold and pray for me. She's like, who are you guys? Like, I, Christians like you, like, this is nuts, you know, that type of thing. And so then this weekend, she was explaining to us, her and her husband, they just started this business. They've invested everything in the business. And so, you know, Luke and I were like, well, can, why don't we pray for your business? Let's just ask God to bless it. And she's like, what, right here? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And so we're, you know, we were able to pray for her. And again, she's just going, you know, things that make you go, hmm. You know, she was just really taking back, and it was a cool time to bless her. Isn't that fun? Okay. Let's, let's pray. God, thanks for the fun that we get to have just being your kids. And um, just the way that you love us, and then it gives us permission to love others. And just radical... Uh, fun in loving ways. And Lord, we just, we just thank you for that. 
And Holy Spirit, I, I just ask that in these next moments together that you'd speak to our hearts. And as I always pray that, Father, where we need encouragement, that you would do just that, you would encourage us. And, um, but maybe where we need challenged, we give you permission to do that as well, challenge us. And where we need hope or faith, what, healing, what, whatever it is, Lord, throughout this room are, are just your kids, sons and daughters at different places in their journey. And I ask that you'd meet us here and you'd speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So we are in the second Sunday of what is traditionally known as the Advent season. And I don't know how familiar you are with the Advent season. Uh, I know for me and my church background and church upbringing, I knew about Advent, but it wasn't something that my family leaned into a whole lot. I mean, we, we did, but it, it wasn't a major part of our holiday season and even in our, our church that we were a part of at that time. But some of you, you grew up with it. It's been a, a staple in your family and it's just a, just a beautiful thing. And as I've been studying it a bit myself, I just find there's just so much beauty and, and goodness in an Advent. If, if you don't know what Advent is, it comes from the Latin word Adventus. And it's a, it's a season of preparation. Preparing for uh, the Christmas season, really. Preparing for uh, the second coming of Christ and then preparing to celebrate uh, Christ's birth and entrance into the world, yeah? And so what, what the, uh, it was just the celebration or a remembrance and preparation, remembering the Jews longing for the coming Messiah. And then we remember our need for a Savior, that's what the Advent season is about. And I know in, in America, we really, for us, the, the Christmas season starts on Black Friday. And that's just awful and sad and depressing. And, you know, that's the Christmas season from really kind of Thanksgiving all the way to uh, January 1. But really, the Christmas season traditionally starts on Christmas Day. And then the Christmas season is the 12 days after leading to the new year. That's where we get the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, right? On the... I won't sing it, and you can thank me for that. Uh, so that's, that's where we get that. And so then the Advent season is the season of preparation for that, right? And so this would technically be the second Sunday of Advent. And traditionally, here's what would happen is that the church, the early church, the first couple Sundays of Advent, they would lean into and study and revisit the, the teachings of John the Baptist. Because Advent is a season of preparation. And John the Baptist, he was the forerunner, and he was the one whose primary mission and calling was to what? Prepare the way for the Lord. John was the one that showed us how to do that, and his message was what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, was the, for the kingdom of heaven, heaven is, blah, is at hand. And that was his message. It was one of preparation. We prepare our hearts. We prepare our minds. And through, through humility, through repentance, Lord, I want to prepare myself because you're going to come. You will come. You, you came before. You will come again. And you come all the time. And so I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. Because the early church believed that, and, and they just saw this, that the Christmas season wasn't just a time to remember something that happened on a day a long time ago. 
but they just believed that, hey, if we enter into what the early church entered into, if we posture our hearts in the same way, if, if we practice the same rhythms, and if we lean into repentance and humility, then in the same way that those that were able to properly receive Jesus when he came into the world, if we receive him in the same way that they did, then maybe we will get what they got. And so that's what the Advent season is about. And they would lean into the studies of John the Baptist and his teaching. And I want to do that this morning. I was studying the Advent season and the season of preparation. And this whole idea of preparation and preparing our hearts for the Lord's coming. And I, and I honestly, I felt like God just was speaking to me about our church family and just just our community and just I think he said this Jason I have something in the preparation for you that will make the gift itself that much sweeter there's something in the preparing of our hearts for his coming that will make his arrival that much more joyous yeah okay Let's, let's just dig into this a little bit. For, I asked the question when I was studying this, and you look at John the Baptist, and he's the one that God called Isaiah, prophetically spoke about John. He was the one that would prepare the way for the Lord. And, and this is just the way my head works, and I, I, I had this thought. Why did God need John to come to prepare the way for Jesus? Wasn't Jesus capable to do it himself? It's just the way my mind works. Kind of crazy that way, right? In fact, I'm, you know, seriously, wasn't Jesus more than adequate or capable to just arrive on the scene himself and take care of business? Did he really need John? No, he didn't need John. So we have to conclude what? We have to conclude then that our preparation was for your sake and not his. Because preparation was a big deal all throughout the scriptures. And so if it was, and and he didn't need us to prepare in order to show up, I just want to submit to you that God doesn't need you to prepare in order to show up in your life. But, But you're preparing your heart and preparing your life and cultivating inside yourself receptivity to him will, will make his coming that much more joyous. And, it, and it'll, it will enable you to fully receive him in your life and heart. And so God said, prepare, get ready, prepare. Why? Not for me, no, but for you. Because his father's heart towards us is always so that your joy may be full. So prepare, we must prepare, we gotta get ready. There's something in the preparation if we would do so and take that seriously, it makes the gift itself just that much better. I think preparation was a part of the issue at Mary and Martha's house when Jesus showed up with his friends. And we read it in Luke 10, uh, starting in verse 38. And you can read along with me. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations 
that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Catch that. Tell her to help me. And Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And, and I just believe, Jason's opinion, I just believe that Martha's preparation was really religious in nature. She wanted the appearance of receptivity to Jesus and his friends by showing them how, how busy she was and how hard she was willing to work. And then Mary's preparation was rather something of uh, inner transformation that took place in her heart and made available to her intimacy and relationship where she was able to sit at Jesus' feet and hang on every word. And I think Mary's preparation took place before Jesus got there. And Martha waited till he arrived. I think Mary had it in her heart that Jesus was coming to my house and I will be ready. And whatever has to be done, whatever has to be taken care of, whatever has to be cleared away, whatever has to be accomplished, I'm going to make sure it takes place before he gets here so that when he does arrive, I can spend my time at his feet. And so that my preparation then would lead to relationship and intimacy. Yeah? Um, this whole idea of preparation I found is was, it's just more important in the Lord than I realized. I did a quick word study online and, and you find that God asks his people to prepare for him in one way or another in scripture 148 times. Prepare. Get ready. 148 times in scripture. Get ready. Prepare for me. Prepare. 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 And, and, and Luke, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. Luke chapter 3 verse 4. And, you know, again, talking of John the Baptist, the first one who would prepare the way for the Lord. He modeled it for us. He showed us how to do it. And it says this, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. And again, I just want to tell you, he's not talking about physical valleys and actual mountains. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about your mind. He's talking about your thinking. He's talking about your conclusions, what, your inner life. And he's saying every valley, every hole, we're going to just fill that in. And every mountain, we're going to pull it down. He says, prepare the way for the Lord. The crooked roads shall become straight. The rough ways smooth. And all people will see God's salvation. And so very simply, we find that the Holy Spirit of God descends best on hearts that are a runway and not a ditch. 
just us. The Spirit of God descends best upon hearts that are a runway and not a ditch. And I don't know where that sits with you this morning. I mean, you may, in a moment of honesty, <laughs> sit here and go, man, I, I don't have just a small ditch, but it's, it's pretty huge. I need a bulldozer to fill over my hole. But I, I just want to tell you this. You have a father, you have a daddy, who is so gracious and so loving and so kind and and he has more than enough to fill every hole. Yeah. He has more than enough to pull down every mountain. He is more than sufficient to make every crooked place in your thinking straight. All he asks is that, that you would partner uh, like John did, you would partner with him through what? This is a really popular term in the American church, through repentance. That was sarcastic there. And John showed us the way. It was through humility. And it was through repentance. You've heard me quote Jonathan Edwards before. He said, um, to lay ourselves in the way of allurement And God's responsibility is to allure. And when we study the teachings, the words of John the Baptist, the one who prepared the way for the Lord, we we find that the path of preparation or the way of allurement, it's just always the path of repentance and humility. And this is the heart of the Advent season. It's the heart of it. It's just prepare for me. I came before. I'll come again. Even today, I, I'm with you. And, and whatever you're longing for, whatever you're waiting for, whatever gift you're, you're hoping will arrive, I have every intention of showing up. And will you prepare your heart so that when I do, you are able to fully receive all that I want to give you. I think it's a big deal for us, especially in this time in history. Here's what I've learned. Here's what the Lord has shown me over the last couple of years in my own journey. I've learned this, that forgiveness, forgiveness is free and it's instant. Jesus paid a price, a price, you know, he paid his own life to make forgiveness available to you at any time. So I've learned this, that forgiveness is free and it's instant. But intimacy and closeness is cultivated over time. And it's built into our lives through a lot of repentance and a lot of humility. You can be free and forgiven right now. But closeness is where the Father says, hey, cooperate with me. Let me draw you in. Come on, son. Come on. 
Repent. See, we hear that word repentance in our culture and it just it gives us a twitch and a sting. No, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's God saying this, hey, cooperate with me because I want to clear away hard-hearted stuff and, and sin and unbelief and w- whatever it may be. You, you know, fear, doubt, just repent. R- repent means this, change the way you think. Right? So it's God just inviting his kids into this process with him so that everything can be cleared away. And so then when he shows up, the gift or the giver of every good thing, we can fully embrace it. That's pretty good preaching, Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Luke says it this way, uh, Luke twelve thirty five. I might do it on time. Okay, good. Here's the way Luke says it. I, I like this. He says, "Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning." Everyone say that together. Keep your lamps burning. Who who is supposed to do that? Okay. Be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. Sounds like preparation to me. Does it not? So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. So he says, keep your lamps burning. And as a worship leader and songwriter myself, I I read that and what I thought of, especially something came to me, keep your lamps burning, keep your fire burning. And I'm, I'm a songwriter, so I, I thought of all the songs that we sing through, throughout, you know, all the years where we ask God to send his fire, you know, fire fall down. And we're always singing these songs and asking the Lord to send his fire. And he's such a good dad to us, isn't he? And he's just so gracious and kind. He's always willing to just send his fire. But, but notice that Jesus keeps the responsibility of our flame in our hands. So he essentially says this, I've sent my fire, now you keep it burning. Wait a minute. You mean I have a role to play here in this? You mean there's a partnership between me and the Lord? I mean, there's a co-laboring that is supposed to happen here? You mean I have responsibility in this thing with the Lord? You mean my closeness to Him and my intimacy with Him, my ability to receive Him fully? I, you mean I have something to do with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because forgiveness is free, but intimacy is costly. I've sent my fire. Now you keep it burning. Yeah? There's this common theme. Uh, you know, some of you know, may know way more about this stuff than me, but over the last couple of years, I've been studying a bit of church history and, and specifically just a lot of the moves of God that have happened over the last, you know, hundreds of years or more. And there's this common theme uh, you find throughout every move of God in history, and it's just this. Those whose hearts were not properly prepared to receive him 
through repentance and humility, those people always became the biggest critics to, to the move of God's spirit in that season. you find it. From Jesus up until now, You'll find it in every move of God. When Jesus showed up, those who had not prepared their hearts and cultivated humility and repentance in their life, for whatever reason, it could be a number of reasons, right? And man, they're vast and there are many. And those that didn't do so, those that didn't prepare were the ones that when he did show up, they were the ones that criticized it. Let that never be said of the people of Vine Life Church. Right? When Jesus would teach his disciples while, while he was still on the earth, he would often conclude his teaching with these words. He would always, not always, but often he would say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why in the world would he say that? Because he knew that there would be people in the room who would hear the exact same words as everyone else. They would bounce right off of them and they wouldn't get it and they'd just walk out and go, man, that guy's crazy. What was he talking about? Just this. He knew that when he spoke, there were those that had prepared their hearts to receive and those that didn't. He knew that in the crowd there was unbelief or maybe sin issues or, or uh, hard-hearted thinking. There are any number of things. And then there were also those that had dealt with that stuff with him and cooperated and partnered with him. And so every time he preached, he knew that some were going to fully embrace it and others were just going to walk away unchanged. So he would say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has an open heart, fully receive. He who has embraced my words, take it all. Yeah. This is a big deal for us. Let's, let's come into land with this scripture. Go, let's all read this together. Go to Psalms 103. In your Bible. And Mark, you can go ahead and come. It'd be great. Everyone go there. Because I want you to find it so that you can read it this week. Okay, holler at me when you're there. And the rest of you? Okay, we're there. All right. <laughs> Everyone okay? Are you, you enjoying yourself? <laughs> I'll enjoy it when you finish. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the case. Okay. Let's read this together. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases.
who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. I love this part right here. Who satisfies your desires with what? Good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yes. And this gets at the heart of what I want to say to you. The Father has every intention of fulfilling that word in your life. Every bit of it in a way that's personal and specific to your journey and your story and your longings and your disappointments. He has every intention of fulfilling that word in your life. But your ability to receive that gift when it comes depends on your preparation and the cultivation of your heart. And that's on you. You got to get the heart of what I'm saying this morning. This isn't a, you better shape up talk. No, 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 no. This is a, I don't want you to miss out talk. Right? So please don't, don't leave here this morning thinking that Jason just wanted to slap everyone around. No, 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 no. This isn't a shape up talk. This is a, come on, family. Come on, family. Let's not miss out. I said this, and it's a really, really bold statement, but I'm just going to, I've said crazier things, so I'm just going to say it now because I believe it, honestly and truly. I, I think if it hasn't started already, we're on the brink of a major spiritual awakening in our country. We are. And for those that have prepared their hearts, their inner life through humility and repentance and submission to the spiritual mother, fa- mothers and fathers in their lives. Those that have prepared will be able to fully receive it all. And as Jesus said, I'll say to you, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's not miss out, yeah? None of us. There, there's no reason that anyone in our church family should miss out on the gift that God wants to give them. It doesn't need to happen with us. Okay, let's stand. And uh, I'll just invite the ministry to go ahead and come now. Ministry team. And as they do, let's just take a moment and quiet our hearts. Even closing our eyes, that'd be best. Unless you're walking currently. (laughs) But, But here's the part in our gathering where we just ask the Holy Spirit of God to do what I could never do. And that is make it specific to you in your life and your journey. This is where we just go, Holy Spirit, what pit needs covered over? What mountain needs pulled down? What what do you want to do? How 
how do I need to prepare, Lord, my heart for you? Not just for Christmas, but for all of life. God, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Would you ask him now yourself? Holy Spirit, speak to us. Show us, Lord. Show us. I pray, God, for the family, the Vine Life family, Lord. Let it be said of us that whenever you wanted to show up, however you wanted to show up, (laughs) however you wanted it to look, Let it be said of us, God, that we were a people that were fully uh, prepared, able to completely embrace and receive all that you want to give us. So, Lord, we cooperate with you. And I ask, Lord, for a grace where there needs to be humility repentance. Lord, that, that's just a gift that you give. So I'm asking God for a grace, the grace of repentance, of changing the way we think so that we can be receptive. It's in Jesus' name we pray.